Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Friday Coach Taku listeners. As always, this is Mary and we're bringing you this this week's episode of Coach Taku and I'm joined by the wonderful, brilliant, extremely wise, magically talented Christina. And today we're talking about a romance anime. And this one is really interesting because it has a lot of feelings and a lot of relationships in it that are really weird. And it's none other than Kaguya-sama, Love is War. And the synopsis of this one is that you have this really smart, really shrewd and calculating high school boy and high school girl who have feelings for each other, but believe that confessing first would make them wimps or something of that matter. So they each use these really manipulative, weird tactics to get the other person to express their feelings first and thereby win. What they win is unclear to me, but we'll get more into that. Yeah. And so, first of all, um, before we even get to the grudging conversation for today, I've got to say between Kaguya-sama and Lovely Complex, uh, we seem to have found a, a niche within shoujo, which is people not being honest about their feelings, which got me inspired. I'm curious, would y'all be interested in an episode where we kind of ranked relationship patterns from most empowered to least empowered? I think it'd be fun. It'd be, I think it'd be cool to look at who has the most transformed romantic relationship across anime and who could use coaching the most. So if you like relationship coaching, if you like rankings, if you like shoujo and romance in anime, let us know if you want that episode, because I think we could have a lot of fun and even some dispute around who's got the healthiest relationships in anime. Uh, but for this week, we want to bring back a topic that we've had on the show before. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll explain it a little bit again. So we want to specifically have a conversation around context. And the way that I think of context as a coach is what are the lens through which you view the world? So for example, when you put on rose tinted glasses, everything is rose tinted. If you put on green glasses, everything is green tinted. If you put on glasses that tell you that some things are good and other things are bad, then you're wearing good, bad glasses. And so for the point of this series, uh, it's in the title. The context, the prevailing context for this anime is that love is war. And very suitably, the series intentionally or unintentionally looks at you know, all the various facets of context we could have around relationship. Love is beautiful. Love is hard. Love is war. Relationships suck. Um, but the reason why knowing the context matters so much 
is because then we can see how they impact our choices and our behaviors. And so for these two numbskulls, <laughs> their particular contexts cause a lot of complications. Um, I think that's all I've got on context. Anything you would add, Mary? Just listen for yourself. We all have contacts around, especially around relationships. We all have some kind of way that we we view relationships. And in this anime, it's really fun to just watch these two characters come from a place of love is war because then everything that they do, like each episode is almost like a war strategy. Like who's going to win? And Again, not sure what they're winning and not sure what they're losing, but it's almost like a battle in each episode. And you're like, and even the narrator is like, well, this, this episode, this character won. And you're like, but they won what exactly? Because they're still in the same place that they started. And so just to kind of illustrate a little bit more, it's when each of the characters is coming from this place. And they're approaching each other as instead of a partner, they're approaching each other as um, opposition. Then even some of the cute moments that could be really cool in a from a different context, from a diff different relationship context, kind of ends up being weird. And I think one of my favorite examples is the cat ear episode, where for whatever reason, they're the Kaguya, who's our, our, the main protagonist, female. It, and Miyuki, they both they're both wearing these little cat ears and they both think that the other person is adorable. And they're making these really weird facial expressions to keep each other from guessing how much they really like the little cat ears on each other. And so because of this, each one is thinking, oh, my God, it must look like an idiot or a fool or he doesn't like this or she doesn't like this. And I need to take this off. It's really embarrassing. When in fact, what the other person is thinking is like, oh, my God, I got to keep it together because they look so adorable and I can't let my feelings show. And so you see that from this context, <laughs> what it has them doing is acting really funny and actually keeping them from the thing that they actually want which is to be with the other person because as the story progresses what we find is that they actually really do like each other yeah high schoolers man it's like the funniest game of cat and mouse that i've ever seen that doesn't actually involve real cats and mice like in fruits basket um you know one of my favorite qualities of the show, it's not a particular scene or episode, but uh, you'll be unsurprised to know that one of my favorite things that illuminates context are uh, Kaguya's mood swings or like alternate personalities that come out. So basically as a result of her uh, unstable upbringing, let's call it, Kaguya suffers from mood swings. and what happens during these mood swings is she takes on like these alternate distinct pseudo personalities that like actually play out court cases in her head. <laughs> and you know which personality is out to play based on subtle changes in her hairstyle. <laughs> um, and the reason why I like it to illustrate context is because it, it's very similar to the glasses metaphor that I offered earlier. So for Kaguya, like when she's in the prosecutor mode, she's the ice queen. When she's in the um, 
in like her chibi mode, she's the moron and she has a flower that grows out of her head. Um, And then she even has this child mode that represents the role of judge. Um, And the reason why I want to mention it in the conversation of context is because the way that we each learn to navigate our contexts is we create strategies to compensate for them. And so for Kaguya, since she's actually very insecure and a little immature and craves stable relationships in her life, naturally she's created all these alternate personalities that add to the chaos, add to the fire, <laughs> cause the relationships to further burn. Like they, they just all run amok in, a, in an attempt to self-sabotage what she ultimately craves, which is what she calls a normal relationship with someone. Yeah, Christina, that brings up a really interesting point because while we're making light, we're treating these very lightly. The truth of the matter is that we have our own contacts around things and they're super real for us. They're like, no, but this, this is real. This is fact. Like relationships do suck. Like, you know, dating sucks or whatever the relationship or love is beautiful. Whatever it is that you have, that relationship you have is super true and super real to you. And why it's real is probably based on your past experiences and things of that nature. But the truth of the matter is that when you look at it objectively, as we're doing in this case and outside of the story, you can tell that it's something that's actually created by yourself. And the reason that's important and the reason it's vital is because if you realize that, then you realize that you actually have the ability to have it go differently, that you can actually create a new story. In that, in like, let me illustrate a little bit further. So in Kaguya, Sama Love is War, the intro is all about like this whole battlefield, like high schoolers out to get high schoolers and power play and manipulation. And you're whipped if like somebody confesses first. But as we watch the anime unfold, we realize that the only two people who are stuck in this story <laughs> are Kaguya and Miyuki. That's it. Everybody else seems to have actually a really healthy relationship to context and to the context around relationships. Yeah. (laughs) Man, we could look at like that fishbowl effect in a second, but, you know, before we look at what's available when you break out of context, um, I think it's worth spending a little bit more time looking at the consequences of our contexts. Uh, the one the one example you gave Mary is like, hey, because they have this context that it needs to be really hard and difficult and they need to be winning at something, you know, one of the consequences is they won't just fucking confess to each other. Um, but there's other ways that they complicate their relationship and their wants and their desires from these places. And I think one of the most ridiculous examples of this <laughs> is, you know, when Kaguya and Miyuki are trying to plan a trip together and, you know, they're debating between the beach and the mountains and their fight becomes so convoluted and so based in this old context of competition and not wanting the other person to win with their first choice that rather than end up anywhere peaceful or wondrous, they end up in a fucking... (laughs) like creepy haunted outdoor experience, which does not meet any of the conditions that they were originally desiring when they were planning the trip in the first place. 
And again, we can laugh at that as viewers because we're not in this context with them. We see them and we're like, it's almost like going to the aquarium and looking at the fish that are swimming. Like, it's just like, Ooh, how fascinating that, you know, the sea turtle Kaguya keeps, you know, dodging the jellyfish Miyuki. But for them, it's, it's real. Like the stubbornness to outlast the other, there's high stakes in it for them. High stakes sufficient to them giving up what would actually make them happy or please them or what could create a meaningful experience for the both of them. Yeah. And let's look a little bit more at what's costing them, Christina, because this wasn't the only example. Like quality time was not the only thing that sacrificed here. One of the even I think in the first episode, we see how Kaguya goes out of her way to look at Miyuki's schedule to find out when he had a free weekend because he's usually working or in school. Mills, her friend, her best friend tickets that she's going to she like. She knew beforehand her friend would bring these tickets to the student council and bring it to them so that he could ask her out and put him in a place where he was he had the ability to say, hey, let's go on a date. Can you just break that down for a second and look at one, how crazy that is, but two, how much time, resources and energy she spent on trying to have this go a certain way. And in the end, it didn't at all. And it's like, well. How much time could that energy, those that time, those resources be going to actually creating the type of relationship that she actually wants to have time to go on dates to, I don't know, to create crazy, beautiful dates and experiences for for themselves. But no, instead, she plays this game as does he that keeps them trapped from the thing that they actually want, which is really interesting. And I think that we can continue with those contacts and some of them work for us, you know, some of the relationships that we have to things really and people and experiences do work, but some don't. And when they don't, then we have the ability, when we have the awareness to say, I can actually choose something that's more empowering. I can actually break out of this and create a story for myself that makes sense. And that brings me all that fulfillment, joy, happiness, whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah. And, you know, I think you might be asking yourself, well, that sounds really powerful and great, but how do you shift a context? Like, how do you actually enter something that's more empowered than what you know? And, you know, the two places that I always look with clients is A, honestly, sometimes it happens circumstantially. Like sometimes the circumstances in your life change sufficient to you needing to look at it in a new way. But if you don't get lucky that way, the other way is, you know, to really look at other people and try to suss out and understand what their contexts are and how they differ from your own. And so, you know, giving an example of the former of sometimes the circumstances just get, you know, dire enough that something has to change. Uh, funny enough, as we've been saying, the only two people that really seem to see this as a war the entire series is Kaguya and Miyuki. However, when Kaguya finally actually has someone else thwart her attempts to be with Miyuki, which is her parents who ultimately end up grounding her and not allowing her to go and attend a fair, it's like there's, there's just enough of a moment of self-reflection for Kaguya to go, no, you can't do that because Miyuki wants to see the fireworks and I want to do that with him. And it's like, oh, 
really now? <laughs> Where did this moment of introspection come from? But like I'm like I'm suggesting, Kaguya's circumstances shifted sufficient to her having to be honest. You know, her parents finally became a genuine obstacle in getting to have the relationship that she wants with Miyuki and her, like her not just being up to her own bullshit and antics and self-sabotage is sufficient to her going, no, I'm, I'm going to break out of my house and go be at the fair with him. And it's such a, it's such a great moment. Cause first of all, you finally see the two of them agree to do something together and you feel satisfied for it. You're like, fucking finally. But for the other, it's really a moment where this facade that love is war is dropped. And instead, you almost see, like, if I could name the context Kaguya picks up instead, it's like, a, hey, love is the thing I want, and I'm willing to do what it takes to have it the way I want it, even disobeying her parents. What a satisfying moment. I was like, finally. <laughs> but not just for Kaguya, Miyuki too. Because he realizes that Kaguya is trapped and he wants her there. He wants to share this moment. And so he finally says, enough is enough. I'm going to go find her and we're going to watch fireworks. That's it. She wants fireworks. I'll give her fireworks. And so you see this like total shift. And for me, what was really impactful was just the authenticity, the honesty in which they both showed up. Kaguya with what she wanted and Miyuki with being that, using like his strengths to actually make it happen, using his abilities, intellect, wit to actually make fireworks happen on this evening, even researching weather patterns because, you know, he knew that fireworks had been delayed in a different part of town because of the, in, like the weather in that area. And so it was extremely beautiful to watch them kind of drop this old contacts and step into something that was actually creating something magical for them and something that brought them together. Of course, what happens next is totally different. But in that moment, at least they had that experience. Yeah. And to Mary's point, uh, just because you shift a context doesn't mean that the old one goes away unfortunately or unfortunately but i think in closing around the series the the punchline is that we get to choose our story and part of what makes that choice available is exploring our current context and our current relationships to what's happening in life including our relationship to relationships <laughs> and building more awareness around it. And, you know, I know that Mary and I have a lot of levity when we talk about it. And to be clear, like, you know, we're a couple years into the personal development game and we still need each other, our teammates, our coaches to help us see our contexts about things. Because I might be able to laugh at this whole love is war gimmick, but you better fucking fight me if you think I'm wrong about my relationship context. <laughs> and so if you're sitting here and you're like, this sounds really cool, but I don't totally get it. Or maybe I'm starting to get it, but I don't know what to do with it. Uh, reach out to us because Mary or myself would be more than happy to set up a conversation where we could really explore your contexts 
and how they might be supporting your goals and also how they might be holding you back from your goals. Yeah, maybe a good place to look is in thinking, well, what is this context costing me? And then just sitting with that for a little bit and seeing what comes up for you. And also just as a fun fact, because when I first saw the title of this show, I was like, what? And it's actually based on the fairy tale, the Japanese fairy tale, the bamboo cutter's daughter, which is actually interesting because the bamboo cutter's daughter is like, uh, she's a baby that's sent from the moon. So she's a moon princess. And it explains a lot of Kaguya's characteristics that cold, that kind of hard to reach, that beautiful image of a girl who's like at a distance. Yeah. And um, the the other thing that I want to put in here is you might be listening along as a huge fan of the show and go, wait a second, why aren't they touched on any of the season two stuff that happened? That was yummy. Well, because in full transparency, Mary and I can't find it. Like we know it aired last year. We know it exists, but for whatever reason, we cannot find a legal streaming option on any of the major platforms, no Hulu, no Crunchyroll, no Netflix. And so if y'all got the secret hookup to where to watch season two, and you either want to just support us on our anime journey, or you have a huge commitment to us covering what happens in season two please DM or email us because I really enjoyed this series and I would happily binge watch the rest of it. I just can't freaking find it anywhere. Yeah, totally. We want to see what happens in season two with these two crazy kids and if they finally ever just are honest and confess and what it looks like from there. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have comments, want to suggest something, suggest other animes for us to watch, let us know. DM us, follow us on Coach Takupad on Instagram or send us an email. And lastly, if you have an empowered context around how great our content is and you want to show us some love and help us get promoted to other anime and manga lovers, Please, 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 we'd appreciate it so much. Reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. You can even leave your thoughts and feelings on a comment on our Instagram. It means a lot to us. It really supports us with the algorithms that these different platforms have. And we would be eternally grateful. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. And until next time. Bye-bye. You're subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Takupod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at mary, M-E-R-Y, dot the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.